All right, so we're on another episode of The Right Track, and today we have Katherine Klassen and Candace Schlabick. Oh, man, I wish I could say it right first try. Um, so you guys both went to Taiwan over the summer. Was it, how long was it? Would you guys both go the same length, or like how long was, how long was yours? Mine was two months, and I think mine was the same, yeah, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was a different, they weren't the same, like it was an internship, or what was it? Um, I think both study abroad. So. Yeah, but they were with different programs. Oh, okay, so they were. Oh, so okay, so they're both programs, but they were both separate. Um, that's interesting. So, and you guys haven't talked to each other about um, going going there. Because you guys were there at the same time, in the same country, probably like, I don't know how big the country is, but only like 20 miles apart, I would, I would guess. I don't know how. Is yeah. it more? I saw Candace one time. Did you actually? <laughs> so we you guys did see each other. Mountain. Yeah, we climbed a mountain together. No. Yeah. At it's at called sunset. Elephant Mountain <laughs> at Sunset. Was it just you two or was it like everybody? Like everyone in the program? It was other people. I don't remember who all though. We had a big group. It was a lot of people that went um, to... There was like three main programs that went to Taiwan this summer. So we had MTC... I'm just going to throw a bunch of acronyms out there. But there was MTC, ICLP, and CLS. And so just we had a bunch of students from those three programs say, all right, we're going to go climb this mountain, Xiangshan, mm. Elephant Mountain, at sunset. And then you can see like the whole downtown Taipei, which is the biggest city in Taiwan. Oh, Taipei, because that's the mm-hmm. capital city. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Okay, so yeah, you guys were both in separate ones. What was, because it's related to your majors, why you went. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys, what is, like, what's the term of your major? Like, what's it specifically called? So my major is Chinese language. Well, I have three. <laughs> I have Chinese language, international affairs, and Asian religions and cultures. Okay. So they all, it sounds like a lot, but they all just kind of tie into each other at the end and lots of classes overlap. So I went there, the main purpose was just to learn Chinese, so I didn't do anything with international affairs or Asian religions and cultures, but mm-hmm. I think it was kind of uh, living uh, living in the society there and taking the opportunity to go have those cultural experiences myself. Like I went to a temple one time to like see how they worship gods over there and practice religion. That kind of feeds into my Asian religions and cultures major. And then with international affairs, like those are some of the topics that we might have discussed in class. So that's how those things all weave into one another. Okay. Wow. Not just satisfied with one major. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I to go for the extra. <laughs> how about you, nursing major? Um, I have <laughs> chemistry and Chinese, I guess Chinese language. I don't know. I haven't really So those checked. are your two majors? Yeah. Their classes don't line up at all. But going to Taiwan didn't have anything to do with chemistry. It was all well, Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um... Okay, so yeah, you guys both went for the same reason then, because that's just related to your major. Um, when you went, was there was there any time where like you guys actually had free time to do stuff, or was it just primarily? I mean, obviously, climb the mountain because like you have to have free time <laughs> for that. But like, was there? I, I'm just I, I want to get a picture of like the experience. Like, was your ex- guys' experience the same? Would you say in terms of like how you were living, or like because I, I want to know like how how did it look like? Yeah, you can go first. Oh, okay. So we had, like, Chinese classes every morning from, like, 9 to 12, which actually wasn't bad. I think it was lighter than our Chinese class, like, class load mm-hmm. here. So these are all people in America 
like who came who came from America, they're all in this class first. Yeah. Okay. So my program was CLS, which means that we have people from like all fifty. I'm not sure if it's all fifty states, but from like across America that all go there. I think we had like twenty to thirty people, and. Yeah, so every morning we had Chinese class from 9 to 12, and then we had, like, a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the teacher once a week, and then we had, like, three hours every week with our language partner, and maybe, like, two hours of homework, so we did have quite you a bit homework? of free time. <laughs> we had a lot of homework. That's crazy. Go to another country and do homework. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I could not do that. <laughs> no, I spent a lot of time in the library, and I thought it was kind of sad, but it's okay. Because <laughs> you, did you have a language pledge, too? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how well we kept it, but we did have one. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> there was an attempt. <laughs> no, when I lived with my host family, though, the mom was an English teacher, so like, it was kind of hard to keep speaking Chinese when oh. her English was so much better than my Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think our program was pretty similar. Like, so we also went to class from like nine to twelve, and then we would have like a tutoring hour sometime in the afternoon that they would schedule. And then we had language partners as well, but they didn't really assign us to, like, they didn't have designated times. Like, the language partners were just supposed to come up with activities and text us. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that was similar mm -hmm. to yours. That's how ours was too, yeah. And then we also had homework every week, <laughs> which I think there's a part of me that enjoys studying. So I would probably spend too much time studying. But I kind of made, like, uh, an, not an event. But I, I, made it, I made it fun because we went to go to different cafes around Taiwan every time we would study. Because it's a very walkable oh, city. Yeah. And they have lots of different themed cafes and cafes with different drink menus. Like, they're all very diverse. So it's very fun to go and explore. And it's just it's more motivating to study in a cafe than stay mm -hmm. in the dorm all day. That's true. And since you were there for so long, that, that makes sense why they didn't like, overwhelm you with mm -hmm. a bunch of, like, okay, we're going to do this and this and this. And so it sounds like there was a lot of free time for that. So mm -hmm. that is cool. Yeah. We had a lot of time to like go and explore Taipei. Mm-hmm. And were, were you guys both have like a few like roommates or was it how they do it? Um, I had one roommate, which I got to choose. And we, we both stayed in this, we, our room, it was just a dorm room on campus. And then it also had like a bathroom attached to the dorm room. So it was really nice. And it was actually built for three people, but we only had two people living in it. So it was very, like, very roomy. We had our own bathroom, so we didn't have to worry about sharing it with people. I got to pick my roommate, so it was very oh, comfortable. <laughs> very, I was, like, very, my roommate was, like, my best friend. So really? it was very comfortable, yes. Do you still keep in touch with them now? Oh, yes, oh, it's Larissa. Oh, wait. oh yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, I was picturing, like, you just met someone random. <laughs> but that would be sweet. But, yeah, yeah, Larissa and I went this summer, and it was, it was very fun. That's and then awesome. what about you, Candace? Mine weren't as nice. It was oh, still no. <laughs> <laughs> We had three people in like a single room. Oh. And then it was like part of a bigger suite. So you shared a bathroom with three people and then like a living room kitchen with like eight others? I'm not sure. Oh. Um, so like we spent three weeks there with three people and then we went to a host family for three weeks. And that was really nice. But I had like a long commute to go to school. Mm -hmm. um, really? Yeah. I like took how long? the subway for like an hour and a half total. <laughs> <laughs> to get yeah. there? Yeah. And then back. And I was, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Cause well, that's like total like walking to class and to the subway and then oh, back okay. to the house. Still, that's... Oh, dang. Yeah. I feel like you're going across the whole island at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> More or less. Um, but then for the last two weeks or maybe one week, they just had like everyone in the dorm. So I had, mm -hmm. yeah, three roommates. 
Why did they move you guys back and forth, do you know? They don't have, because it's a newer program in Taipei, they usually have it in Tainan. Right. So they don't have, like, a host family network built up there. So they didn't oh. have a lot of host families. Oh, so they just were swapping people in between host families <laughs> so you could get the experience. No. Okay, my host family switched three times. <laughs> So when we first got there, we had, like, this event where everyone would, like, meet their host family, mm -hmm. which is great. And I met, like, my host family. It was just, like, a single mom. Or I'm not sure if she had any kids, but just, like, a single woman. And then they told me that she couldn't have students this summer, so they switched me to someone else. And then those people got COVID and, like, had complications from it, so they weren't able to have students. So then I switched to a third host family. And the first time that I met them was when I moved into their house, when they came to, like, pick me up. That's so what I was in the first week when you met them? Um, it was in the fourth week, I think, because I had just spent like three weeks in the dorms. Oh, oh, right, right, okay. And so like the flight over, I'm assuming it's two flights to get there. Mm-hmm. Did you take two? Yeah. Okay, okay. What were the destinations? Ah. Uh. So we went, or I flew with Larissa, my roommate, and so we came, we went from LAX, since I'm from California, and then we flew from LAX to um, Japan, and we had like a four-hour oh, layover in so Japan. Cool. That's so, so cool. So yeah, we got to walk around the Japan airport for a little bit, which we thought would be more exciting, because it was in, I think it's Haneda Airport, which I think is nearby Tokyo. Oh, okay. um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so we thought it would be a bigger airport, but it was actually really tiny. So we were there for four hours with a whole lot to do. But the bathrooms in Japan are wild. You get these huge stalls that, like, you can you can fit in there. You can fit extra luggage in there, extra people, you know. <laughs> extra people? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But then you can, like... Like, the doors close all the way. There's no gaps in between the stalls, so you don't have to worry about people. Like, oh, like, they go down wonderful. to the bottom? Yeah, they go down to the bottom, and the oh, doors close okay. all the way. Yeah. Like, it opens, like, it's like a sliding door, and it closes like a sliding door. And then every bath, every stall is equipped with a bidet. And so, it's like, and everything is, like, um, motion sensor, so there's no touch, there's no touching going on. Wow. And... When you go to sit down to use a restroom, it, there's like a little noise machine that'll make like waterfall, <laughs> rushing water. <Seriously? laughs> so then it's like a privacy noise blocker. So if you need to oh, do your business, dang. other people can't hear you doing your business. Like I it's really that. interesting. That is interesting. So Japan is advanced and people there, they have a really like, their culture is very respectful. And so you'll go buy things at like, they have a lot of 7-Elevens or convenience stores in the airport. And so you'd go buy things and people are like, I would be the one buying it from them. So I should be saying thank you, I guess, because I'm using their services. But they would bow to me and be like, like they would say thank you, which I don't remember how to say that. But wow, it's just a very, a very different culture. And the amenities were very interesting. But then after Japan, we got to Taiwan. So yeah, just two flights. So that's probably like an eight hour flight and then just like a... Four or five, maybe? It was a 13 and then a 13? three. Yeah. I so didn't know they were allowed to do flights that long. <laughs> 13? I'm pretty like sure actually. it was 13 hours. Yeah, I think it was 13 and then three from Japan to Taiwan. So wait, did you go to California too? To, and then? Um, no, my layover... I did go to California, but I didn't go to Japan. I just went to San Francisco. And then we met like everyone else in our group like in that airport. And mm -hmm. then we all flew to Taiwan like directly together. Oh, wow. So you technically could have gone, like, you, 
you could have gone straight from LAX to Taiwan. Yes, I think so. I was just trying to find the cheapest flight, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was no, one of yeah. the cheaper options. Yeah, but like you, you have to go all the way from Kentucky to California. But yeah, I'm always interested in like how flights <laughs> are like that because when I went to Tanzania for, um, it, it was technically a mission trip, but it wasn't oh, like neat. a gospel oriented one because I wasn't really. Um, like following Jesus at that time, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I went there to help out with just like donate, donating and helping out. And um, it was two eight-hour flights. So my first one was oh, from Midway in Chicago and then went to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to, um, it was called Sanya Station hmm. in Tanzania, which is right by Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, um, cool. So yeah, I got to see the mountain, which is cool. That's so cool. But I bring that up because when I went to Amsterdam, I had the layout, the layover too, and it was, I don't know how long it was, but everything was so small, like, <laughs> like all the food mm -hmm. and stuff. So like, I got uh, like cereal, and it was like warm cereal, <laughs> and the serving size was like so small. It's like they actually serve like one serving size because, wow. um, and like it was just interesting having cereal with warm milk and I don't know, <laughs> everything was really tiny, but then the bathroom was the same way. It's like, it's, it's all the way down. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then like when the door shuts, like the door shuts and it's almost like intimidating because the door's like really tall. It goes almost mm -hmm. up to the ceiling. I don't remember if it touched the ceiling or not, but it goes at least like 10 feet. And I'm like, this is, this feels advanced too. It's like what you <laughs> yeah. said, but yeah, it's just, it's, I always think it's so cool when people go to other places or like when you get an opportunity to go somewhere else to another country, because, um, like you can travel a lot within the United States and there's a lot of cool things that are different. Um, like for example, like obviously the West is completely different than like the Eastern part of the United States, mainly because of geography, but also other things. And that's cool that that's different. But when you go to another country, it's completely different because of culture is obviously the big thing, but mm -hmm. also like language, which I guess that's a part of culture too, but like, it's just, it's just cool. So I always like hearing about that stuff, but, um, did it take a lot to adapt when you were there or was there no like culture shock or whatever, or was it kind of like you're just already there? I feel like for me, the biggest culture shock was from being in a larger city mm. rather than being like in Taiwan, to be honest. Cause like, it took me a while to get used to just, there were people like, people or buildings like everywhere that I looked. And walking everywhere too, I assume. Yeah, which that was a good part. I yes. love that. Um, I feel like when you're able to like walk through a neighborhood, you get to know it a lot better. Um, I thought that was really cool. I think adjusting to the language took me a little bit. Like when I was on the plane ride back over to the US, I remember the flight attendant started speaking to me in English and I was like, this is so easy. My life is going <laughs> to so be so easy. smooth now. I have nothing to worry about. Mm. Um, but I think it was, like, I can't really think of any specific, like, culture shock, per yeah. se. Yeah, you just kind of expected it, or yeah. nothing was too, like, out of the ordinary? Mm. I would agree. I think going to Taiwan, just because it is such a developed country, especially in Taipei, Taipei um, it's just... It doesn't feel too much different than being in the United States, except that all the signs are in Chinese, you know, and people don't speak English. So that's probably the scariest part. 
But I think my biggest culture shock was the doors in Taiwan. Yes. <laughs> because so all the doors, I think to, Taiwan is extremely hot in the summer. It's a trop, it's a tropical island and it's very humid. And so to preserve like the air conditioning within the buildings, like all their doors are automatic, so people don't leave them open, and air conditioning isn't like escaping from the building. Oh. And so, but the it's like the doors they're not exactly automatic per se in the sense that we would. <laughs> that they are here like you don't sometimes you walk up to a door and it'll open right. but the other option is that there is a button on the door and it doesn't look like a button it's this like gray slab of metal and it says automatic door but it says it in chinese it's like <laughs> or something and so i didn't know what that was the first time and i walked up to it and i'm waiting for the door to open and it's just not opening and it's a glass door and so everyone inside can see me just standing at the entrance waiting for the door to open and it's not opening <laughs> so they just look at it and they're like who's that yeah person like who's this there? idiot i can't get inside the store um and so eventually i found out you have to just press the button and then the door will open for you and you go inside and it, and it doesn't look like you. a button no because you would expect a button to be like round and yeah like you press it it's inward like really it's just a square yeah it's like a square of metal that you press on so it just doesn't you just wouldn't expect it to open the door so that's that's normal to see mm-hmm. or is that just like one of the few things that they have it's like everywhere yeah so the doors were my biggest culture shock <laughs> couldn't get in my building oh and the escalators yes. when people it's so cool because when people are going up the escalator if you want to move you stand on one side if you don't want to move you stand on one side and then if you want to walk like walk up the escalator while it's going oh. up you go it's on so the efficient yeah. So do people just know to do that? Or is there like a line yeah. where you can tell? My like... tutor told me that there used to be like a rule about it. Oh. And then they removed the rule because it was like ruining the escalators because you have like all the weight distributed on one side. And so that's kind of oh. like eventually it. Um, but people Dang. still do it because they're used to it. That's crazy. It's so efficient. That's kind of yeah, like... I love it. That's kind of so like when nice. I would be walking around in like junior high or high school. Like, you know how everyone walks on like the right side of the hallway? Mm. And... No matter which way you're going, the right side is your right side, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, I wonder why that that's not a thing in, like, America for airports or escalators where everyone knows to go to the right mm-hmm. side, um, if they're gonna stand or like 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 why mm-hmm. do you think that's the, like why do you think that's like the norm for the escalators? Are there just so many escalators there, or? <laughs> I don't really know because I spent all of my time like in Taipei, which is like very high population density so i don't really know like what the rest of taiwan is like oh okay what do you think i think yeah i I spent the majority of my time in taipei as well but i think it's mostly because they have the mrt in taiwan which mm. i forget what that exactly stands for i think it's mass rapid transportation i think or so. metro it's i forget exactly what it means but it's basically the subway and their subway is very clean it's very cheap um, but basically the, you, there's a lot of escalators within the subway stations to get mm-hmm. to the different levels of the MRT station. And so people are usually rushing around trying to make their trains. And so it's kind of like a courtesy to stand on the side of the escalator so people can run up and down the escalator. Because there's so get. many people. Yeah, because yeah. they need to get to their train. Because if you're in like a mall or something, people actually don't follow the rule. You can just stand on the escalator however you want. So I think it's yeah. more of a, a subway or MRT formality Right, right, right. Yeah, we love the MRT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you guys buy anything, like, cool? Like, any cool souvenirs or just clothes? I bought some little glass animals. They're, like, this... <laughs> they're, like, very small. Really? Are they just, like, on a shelf somewhere, or you just... Um, I gave them to my family. I forgot who I gave them to. I gave one <laughs> to my dad. I was, like... 
I'm not sure if it was a sloth or a pig. <laughs> it was kind of hard to tell. <laughs> sloth or pig, whatever you can have it, right? <laughs> yeah. I tried to buy. I bought. I think it, I spent the majority of my money on food in Taiwan <laughs> because I just love trying new things and I love. I love trying new flavors and just being in Taiwan, and that's the, the food there is so cheap as well. Um, I bought a lot of snacks to bring home for my dad because he wanted to try new snacks, and so some of the things I brought home were like, um, fermented quail eggs or stewed. It might have been stewed, stewed quail eggs, and it's like a really popular snack, and they're really good actually. They're like these small black stewed eggs, and then there's eggs? also yes, and then I brought back tea leaf chips. So they're oh, kind of okay. like corn chips with like a tea. They're like a sweet tea flavor. Um, what else? I also have. Have y'all heard of ocarinas? They're like little instruments. Oh yeah. So Taiwanese people really like ocarinas, and they're like small instruments. They could fit in the palm of your hand, and it's usually like, it's like a usually made of wood or plastic, and then it has holes in it, and so you co you can cover the holes with your fingers, and it'll make a very high pitched, like beautiful musical tone um and people in taiwan love them and so i bought uh, an ocarina for my brother because he really likes instruments and one for another one of my friends back home and they come in all different shapes like i bought a cat one there is they have them in the shape of pianos ducks tacos like whatever whatever you can think of they've got an ocarina in that shape and they're just super small mm -hmm. yeah but... they fit in this palm of your hand they had some bigger ones that were maybe like the size of a small dog or something. No. Okay, that's really exaggerated, actually. Maybe, like, the size... Never mind. I forget. But there was, like... There's bigger ones. There's bigger ones, yeah. Okay. That is cool. Um, what is... Uh, I'm trying to think, like... I was going to ask a question about... Not, um, like, souvenirs, but, like... Oh, yeah, the money. How did you change, like, the currency to, to buy it? Like, oh. to buy things? So, in Taiwan, they have the... Taiwan dollar, the new Taiwan dollar. And so every three US dollars is equal to 100 Taiwanese dollars. Okay. And so it's kind of a weird like paradigm shift where all of a sudden things are costing hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, it's still quite cheap. Right. So you're like, oh yeah, I just bought this snack for a hundred bucks. <laughs> and in America, that's like crazy. But over there, it's just $3. So I think it was just just a matter of figuring out what that calculation was. And then every time I went to the store, I would see something for like 500 bucks. And then I was like, okay, well, $500, the five, take the five, multiply it by three. Okay, that's like 15. So you actually had to do math when you were buying yeah, it. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> that's crazy. Was, was it the same thing for you? Yeah, more or less. I never like actually exchanged any money. I just got my money from an ATM and then mm -hmm. it just came out in Taiwanese currency. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how I would go about exchanging like actually exchanging cash yeah but yeah. yeah i think by the end of my time there i was starting to get used so i could like tell most of the time if something was too expensive but it took a while to get used to mm -hmm. i think that'd be one of the hardest things to get used to and when i went to when i was in tanzania it's it's completely different like i don't know if it's i don't know if inflation's a term but there's like a word for it like Five dollars was equivalent to like ten thousand oh of whatever the currency. That's I forgot what it's job. called, but it's like it's insane. So like if you want to buy like a house, it's like like just like just regular house. It's like a, like millions of whatever their currency is. It's yeah. insane, and they don't their their biggest bill is like not that big. So they have to have like bags of stuff, oh like bags of those bills, just to pay wow. pay something that doesn't cost like that much money. So it's like, it's really wild. Mm -hmm. um, 
but Do yeah. they use card there or anything, or is it? I don't know how developed Tanzania is. No, Tanzania is not developed. Um, I think I think South Africa is the only developed country in um, Africa, um, and there's there's like at least like fifty five countries in Africa. So <laughs> that's like the only one that's that is. But yeah, Tanzania is not. It's um. It's just a big desert from where, where I was. It was a big desert. It's like it's right next to Kenya. So if you have I think people have a little bit of a more of idea what Kenya looks like. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was interesting being over there, but, um, the mountain was cool. That was my favorite <laughs> part. I like the mountain. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, what was, what's like the, we'll start with you. What is the biggest thing that you took away from the whole trip? I think the biggest thing that I took away is that like even if I'm on my own, I can solve problems. Oh, okay, that's good. Like, that's good. <laughs> I can look at an issue that I have and like think logically to solve it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'd usually just ask someone else what I should do. But like, if you're alone in Taipei and you're lost on the MRT, mm-hmm. then you have to like figure it out yourself. Right, a lot of independence. Yeah. Were you by yourself most of the time? Um, not, not, not most of the time. Not at the start. By the end, I got to the point where I felt, like, comfortable navigating Taipei a lot on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of hard for me because I get lost really easily. Like, even in my hometown, I use Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was cool. And I think that since I've come back, I'm, like, more okay with trying new things and, like, looking dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you said Sorry, yeah. You so are. <laughs> I oh, can't no. tell. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the only reason I say yeah, I don't want to interrupt. Did you have? Oh no, you're good. Um, the reason I say yeah is because you brought up what I was basically going to say of like, look, it's okay to look dumb sometimes. I think is that's the biggest one of the biggest things I took away going to Taiwan is it's okay to look dumb. Like you're going to this new country and you're not going to know the language very well. Um, and so there's just going to be times where you have to make mistakes and, and you're going to make mistakes no matter what. But that's just kind of the joy of learning, too, because if you didn't make mistakes, then it wouldn't be very interesting. And the yeah. sooner you can accept that you're going to make a mistake, the sooner you can um, kind of get over that mistake and just keep pushing forward. Like there are, we, there are multiple times where like I was... Um, like, there was just one time where I was in a store one time in this... Or, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But people in Taiwan are very encouraging anyway, even if you're making a mistake. Like, you could say the worst sentence in Chinese and be like, wow, your Chinese is so good. <laughs> like, they're just very impressed, yes, if foreigners are trying to learn their language. So, yeah, I think I would agree with, with what you took away. Yeah, that's a big thing to learn, too, because I think a lot of people see mistakes as, like, failures like all the time and like sometimes that might be what it is but in a lot of small things like that which feel like really big things when you're like in another country um there are actually things that are going to help with like learning and growing it's actually like a really big positive thing so um it's cool that you didn't you guys both didn't really look at it too much as like failing but like oh this is a chance for me to grow and learn like this is cool uh, but yeah so so you guys were there for eight weeks was there any times where it was, like, stressful or you missed home a lot? Like, I feel like that'd be a big thing because two months <laughs> in a completely different country. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Well, for me, I'm from California. And so coming to school, I'm already away from my parents for a very long time. So, like, the longest time I've been away from my home is about 
for a little over four months. So I'm already, I think being in Kentucky in general has made me a very independent person. And so going to Taiwan, I was like, oh, two months, this is easy. I mean, I think there was, there were still times where I miss my family because I love my family. But I think more of the hard parts of Taiwan just came from like, if there was a language misunderstanding or a lot of it, I, I think I made some miss, like I just I learned a lot relationally from my friendships while I was abroad in Taiwan, um, so I think a lot of the learning curves that I experienced over the summer, or a lot of the hardships that I experienced, were less so because of family and more so just like me living life in Taiwan. That makes sense. What do you think? I think I was good because like I was always doing something as long as I'm like have something to do. And I was meeting new people, so it wasn't like I was alone there. Um, when you say, think, wait, sorry to interrupt. Do you mean, when you say meeting new people, you're talking about the people you were with or, like, the people who live there? Um, I mean, like, my language partner, my host family, but oh, also okay. just, like, my classmates. Cause, right, right. Um, yeah. Over the program, I got pretty close with them. I think maybe, like, the week before I came home because mm-hmm. I was, like... yeah. I'm about to end the here, <laughs> which I don't love doing. And then I was also like, but I'm kind of ready to be home now and like start on the semester. Mm-hmm. I think all the other time I was pretty chill. Yeah. Yeah. I think just having activities to do and like I'm focusing on learning Mandarin. I didn't really mind being away from home. It was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't let your parents listen to this podcast, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> They won't mind. They'll understand. So how much of how much of you guys choosing to go was because you just wanted to like leave and travel somewhere mm-hmm. or were you guys entirely like no this is because it's my major i want to do this mm-hmm. it's gonna help me <laughs> i studied chinese because i wanted to travel somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to get out of here <laughs> not entirely but a lot hmm, i think yeah for me no i think it mine mine's a majority of travel I think I do have an interest in the future living abroad, either whether that be for work or for missionary purposes. Like that sounds really appealing to me. And I, I just love being in new environments. And I think being able to experience new cultures and being able to directly talk and communicate with the people who live in those cultures are the only way you're going to learn new things from those mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just adds a like a wonderful spice to life. Um, so I think, yeah, so not, I wouldn't say I, I went because it was getting away. And it is like a requirement for our major that we go abroad. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I guess that's kind of nice that we have to go because that means they'll help us get there financially and yeah. all that right. good stuff. They'll chip in. Yeah, they'll <laughs> chip in. So. And Catherine, think, you've yeah. been to China too. Mm, yes. You've, you've seen the Great Wall of China. Yes. That's probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. One of what, why did you go there? Was that, was that had anything to do with... Oh, it, it was. Uh, it has to do with Chinese. When I was in high school, I learned Chinese as well. Um, and we had like a sister school in Xi'an, which is where like the Terracotta Warriors are. Um, and so we would go... We went there just for like two weeks, but we were with like a program full of Americans from my school. And then we just went... I lived with a host family, kind of like Candace did, and we just saw a lot of the... Um, famous places in China. So that was really neat. It sounds like so much fun. 
I know. I'm glad I got to go before relationships between China and U.S. and the U.S. got so mm. tense. Mm. That's true. But Taiwan's a Taiwan's a good alternative, or not alternative? It's its own like neat country to explore. They've both got their unique yeah. aspects and qualities. And they both are next to each other. It's not like mm-hmm. they're like in different parts of Asia. Like they're like they're right next to each other. It's yeah. Just, the ocean or <laughs> straight <laughs> yeah whatever it is uh what, so was there gospel opportunities that you guys got to do or was that kind of hard with the language barrier i think to be honest most of the time i was just focused on ordering food <laughs> yeah <laughs> so not really i think if i go back with like more developed language skills i think mm-hmm. i'll be able to like have deeper <clears throat> conversations than i did right right um but yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> I had a few. Um, I went to church in Taiwan, so I got to go. Really? Was to, it like every Sunday you went? Or? Yeah, almost every Sunday, yes. Oh, that's there's, so cool. I didn't know they had that there. Yeah, they have, I think there's 3% of the Taiwanese population is Christian. Um, and so they have a couple churches and I have friends who've gone in the past that have recommended churches to me. Um, so I went to church a couple times and it was like cool to hear people preaching about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in their own language. And these people were like yeah. listening to it and nodding their heads and they like accepted this as truth. And then also just singing praises to God in their native language. Like God just knows he created language and he knows the languages and he understands. Yeah. So that was beautiful. But then I briefly had a few quick conversations with like one of my language partners, nothing super deep, unfortunately, but we talked a little bit about her religion and I was like, Oh, this is what I believe in terms of Jesus and that conversation was in English, I believe. But there was one day where I was in tutoring, and I have a, lots of stickers on my laptop, and one of the stickers is of the 1040 window, which is basically just this window kind of over North Africa and, like, Southeast Asia um, of just, like, all. it's the largest part of the planet where people just don't know the gospel. And so <clears throat> my teacher saw the sticker, and she's like, oh, well, what's this box for? Why is there this big box? And I was like, let me, well, why don't I tell you? So I basically was just like, this is what we believe. Like we believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and that through him, through belief in him, we can receive eternal life and just um, relationship with him. And so I want to go there and be a missionary someday, possibly. Um, So just kind of being able to, I was able to introduce the gospel in Chinese for like, I don't just in Chinese in this tutoring session and like this casual space. And so I thought it was a really neat opportunity to practice my language in that setting. And also being like, wow, I can introduce the gospel in Chinese and that's a skill that I can continue to build on and maybe take yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. That's really cool. That is really cool. Cause that sounds like so hard to like, <laughs> to do that because like I, I was just talking about this in like another podcast with music. Like once you get to a point where you're, not like an expert at it, but to where you can, mm-hmm. you can actually use it conveniently in your life. Like that's, that's when you're going to actually grow like even more because yes. what, like in the music one that I was referring to, like once you're at a certain point, you can just play with other people. You mm-hmm. can just learn how to do stuff like almost on the spot mm-hmm. um, or just rehearse it and learn it. And the same thing with speaking a language. Once you, you're able to talk with other people native in that language, it's just gonna become so much easier to do it and then more convenient and more meaningful to actually learn what you're learning. Mm-hmm. So that's cool that you had like a real life situation for that um, and that you wanna go back there too. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I just have a couple more questions about uh, not necessarily the flight, but like the, the time zone change. Like how, 
I mean, I can kind of already tell what the differences would be with um, talking to like your family and friends, but like how big of, of a barrier was that to like keep in touch with people and contact people? Because <laughs> uh, well, what's the hours apart from Kentucky? It's 13 hours ahead of Kentucky. Is yes. it ahead? Yeah. Half of, yeah. literally half um, of the yeah. time. <laughs> it made that I didn't talk with my family a whole lot just because my parents already worked night shift and so it was, which means that they're at work during the night. I don't know, it got too confusing so it was like, it's fine, I'll see you guys in four <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> want to talk to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it makes everything a little bit harder, um, just like keeping in touch with people. Even now with like my Taiwanese friends and people that I met like on the program, it's kind of hard to like text back and forth because I'll text them during the middle of the day and they'll be like, oh wait, right. it's the middle of the night right mm. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, similar issue. But it was it helped a little bit that, well, I think Taiwan is like 15 or something hours in front of California. And so it was, honestly, it was kind of easier to talk to my parents because um, I think I would either... I don't know, it gets confusing, but there was like a good amount of, I feel like there was more overlap that way because it would either be early, I would get up early for class and then I could talk to them or I would just stay up late because I'm a night owl and they would already be up in the morning. Mm. And so, so at some point, like it just had a good crossover and I could talk to them. Mm. Um, and then and then I did get to FaceTime a couple of my friends from Kentucky a couple of times. So I think it was, it was harder for sure, but it's definitely doable. Right, right, right. You're just better at keeping in touch with people. Oh, that is not true. <laughs> I was really on top of it this summer, I suppose. Um, you talked a little bit about it, about your favorite, your favorite food. I want to know what your favorite foods that you guys tried. Just we can, we can that think that'd be a good way to, to kind of end it. Like your favorite food that you guys got to try. Because you said you spent a lot of money on food. And then you, you already gave some examples of food. So it was already on your mind talking yeah. about it. Yes. So I'm curious, what what is the best food that you guys tried when you were in Taipei? Do you want to go or should Oh, okay. I yeah, had yeah. so many. There was so much good food. And, like, okay. drinks, too. Um, there was, like, mango-shaved ice that was, like, <gasps> yes, incredible. Because it's, <laughs> so like, good. so big, and it looks mm. so pretty. I feel like a lot of the foods that I ate just, like, looked really nice, <laughs> too. Um, yeah, they look cool. And the mango is so ripe. It's so the good. The fruit in really? Taiwan is just phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I think my, like, absolute favorite, I went to this night market, and I had, like, fried chicken Which cutlet. Which one? Um, I forget. I think maybe Shilin. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, Shilin. Okay. Um, oh, but it was, like, huge. And it was, like, a little <laughs> bit spicy and, like, a little bit sweet. And it was so cheap and so good. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, like, the high point. <laughs> yeah, that drink? That mango drink? Oh, um, or we're talking about something else. The chicken. Oh, we're talking about. <laughs> I was thinking about the drink. Sorry. Okay. The drink was not spicy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I also went to like this coffee shop. It was like a waffle shop, and I got like mm. a waffle souffle. It was like oh. fluffy. Maybe it was like I don't even know, but it was like really fluffy and really sweet. Where were you? Do you it know? had like chocolate and banana. I was, was in... a shine mood waffle. No, they that have was funny names. One. Shine Mood Waffle. Yeah, the names are really cool. I keep hearing them. I'm like, these are cool names. I forget the name, but it was near Danshui. Danshui. Oh, okay. Then maybe I didn't go. So your go-to is the, the mango drink, the chicken, and the waffle would be like a go-to <laughs> meal. Chicken and waffles? Yeah. I yeah. did eat a lot of chicken and waffles there. <laughs> so, so Yeah. Dumb. But like, 
I think all of the food that I had was amazing. And I kind of want to go back just so that I can eat more yes. food. <laughs> just so I can eat, yeah. Mm, as for me, they have, so there's one really popular dish. And it's kind of, I don't want to say lame, <laughs> but it's called lu rou fan. And lu rou fan is just like stewed meat rice. So it's literally just rice with like stewed meat, like chunk, not chunks of meat, but it's like diced meat on top. And it's, I don't know how to describe it because it's not a bland flavor, but it's just very like, like it tastes very home cooked. Mm. It just tastes like a nice home cooked meal. It has a very comforting, like simple flavor. And usually they sometimes like top it with cilantro and I love cilantro. Mm. So that was probably my favorite food in Taiwan and I could eat luro fan all day. But they also had, in terms of desserts, they had tanghulu. I don't know if you ever had tanghulu, but it's just like a stick of fruit. And then they cover the fruit in like, uh sugar <laughs> or oh. not sugar but it's like it's liquid sugar mm. so it's like hardened it's like a hardened shell of sugar oh, on the outside that, that's not good so it'd be like strawberry tonghulu or grape tonghulu so good that sounds amazing oh my gosh that was my favorite dessert if i saw tonghulu it doesn't matter how much i'd eaten that day i would go <laughs> up there and buy the tonghulu yeah but that was probably my favorite what was your favorite boba like store mm. in Taiwan because they have a lot of different brands that's really hard I think my favorite was Milk Queen just because it was like close to oh. um, our university I think I ended up drinking more like fruit drinks mm -hmm. than boba which I know is like kind of a crime if you're going to Taiwan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, I drank like a lot of smoothies and like mm. a lot of fruit teas yes wow no, it's not a crime when the fruit in Taiwan is so good. It is. Oh my goodness. I could talk about the food for I know. a long time. <laughs> I love Taiwanese food. So good. And cheap. So cheap. Mm. Boba here is like five <laughs> five to eight dollars. Boba there was like what? It's fifty dollars, like rim or new Taiwan dollars. So that's like two bucks, if that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, a little less yeah. than two dollars. We like as college students could afford to like eat out every mm -hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Dang. So you guys would definitely go back if you had a chance. Oh, like, yes. 100%. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to go for after we graduate from college for another year. So a that's year? the goal. Yeah, school year. Oh, wow. Oh, so you, you would take classes like... Mm -hmm. Dang. That sounds really fun. That's cool. Hopefully. <laughs> Was there anything else you guys wanted to add or talk about about the trip? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, I think Taiwanese people, I just wanted to talk about the people who live in Taiwan. They're just like, the culture there and the people there is just one of such kindness and hospitality. Like, I think literally my first night in Taiwan, um, I remember I lost, I lost something in my backpack and I was like frantically digging through it. And I'm stressed because I'm in a new country and I don't know where I am and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm I've already lost this important like object. It was like my MRT card. Um, and this, this like girl came up to me and she's like, is everything okay? Like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I lost my card. And she's like, it's okay. Well, I'll help you get a new one or something. Like they're just really kind. Or every time I looked lost, like people would come up to me and start talking to me in English and be like, where do you want to go? Like they're just very <laughs> wow. sweet. Um, and even one time I was working at a cafe and these, I was practicing for like a presentation I had the next day. And the people sitting next to me were just like, hey, you want to practice your presentation with us? And so I said, like, my 10-minute long wow. presentation to them, and they were, like, they were super sweet and gave me, like, tips afterwards. So 
I just think if anyone has any opportunity to go to Taiwan or they're like, I just want to travel, where should I go? Like, I would totally recommend Taiwan is such a wonderful location because of the food, the people, the atmosphere, the mm -hmm. transportation. Like, I could not speak more highly of Taiwan. Yeah, I agree. I think especially as, like, this was my first time, like, traveling internationally. Mm -hmm. I think that Taiwan was, like, a really great place to go. If for no other reason than that, like, the public transport was so easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. And it, especially in Taipei, it felt, like, very safe. Like, there wasn't really yes. any point where I felt, like, uncomfortable. Mm. As a woman, you could, like, walk home at night through, like, really? this big city, and I did not feel... Like, my head was on a swivel, and I was, like, making sure. Yeah. Because bad things can still happen, yeah. but I never felt... I never felt unsafe mm. being there. Wow, yeah, sounds like it's super friendly, safe, and, like, people are really approachable. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just... It, it's cool that you guys got to come on and talk about it, because that's just something you don't think about. You don't think about just other countries and, like, what, what's going on there in terms of, like, what it's actually like. Like, there's all these stereotypes, but... When you actually hear people who have been there, it's like, it's completely different. Yeah, so. have you heard of, like, did you have any idea of Taiwan before today? Um, so, I th I'm not even sure if it's actually an independent country or not. Because mm -hmm. I thought it was part of China. So, I always thought it was just, like, just, I, I didn't think it was that populated. I don't know mm -hmm. the population. I know China's super populated, so yeah. <laughs> like yeah, just a few people. In China. Yeah, <laughs> one or two maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people there. Um, I wouldn't see any reason for like the island to be populated too. Mm. So like, it sounds like there's a lot of people, but like regardless, it sounds like safe and really open, and it's just it's surprising to kind of hear that combination because like what you said, like I I wouldn't have thought that before what mm -hmm. you guys just said, like. It's just not really what you think about. Um, a lot of the times you think of, or at least I think of other countries as just always being more dangerous. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in like Europe, but when, it, when I think of like other countries, I think of like, I just, I feel, I feel like America, a lot of people think America is always like yeah. the best at everything and that they're <laughs> perfect. It's like, okay, well, um, in a lot of ways we're not, but in like a lot of other ways you, you think that you are, but even, or that we are, but even then there's a lot of positives in other countries too. Mm -hmm. So... I think that was the biggest thing, um, was understanding that it's still super safe despite like so many people. Like mm -hmm. I just that's not what I would have expected, and then um, I didn't think about um, the food as much. So that was kind of a question <laughs> that's that just came up. Yeah, yeah. It's like I I, I don't really think of like what is um, like like yeah it's Asian food, but like what is like Taiwanese like food? Like mm -hmm. what is like, you know, America is like burgers and fries, kind of. <laughs> like, what is it for Taiwan? Right. So, um, and apparently it's like the mango thing. So, <laughs> I don't know. But that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to wrap up with that. If you guys, um, I think that was all you guys had to say about it. Yeah. If there's anything that's else. That's all I've got. Well, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on. I, I know I didn't introduce, like, the voices for who was talking <laughs> until like later on I tried to like get your names involved as I was going on because I was like oh I introduced you guys but I didn't, I didn't say like who's who like so you're just kind of hearing the voices but um so yeah that was Catherine and Candace um both went to Taiwan over the summer for two months so that was cool um but yeah yeah it's cool that you guys got to kind of share and come on and talk about it because you guys haven't been able to talk with each other about it either <laughs> so we avoided the topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty you guys, taboo. You guys are forced to talk about it now. Unfortunately. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, thanks for coming on. So, yep, this has been the right track with Brad and peace. Bye.